0: Welcome to Crime, Corruption, and Cocktails, the true crime podcast where we look at cases of corruption and negligence and examine their historical and cultural implications. Today, I'm drinking a root beer. What are you
1: having, Jenny? I'm drinking a hard cider, and boy, are you going to need a drink as today we are discussing Operation Paperclip, a secret U.S. intelligence program that gave hundreds of Nazi scientists, engineers, and technicians employment within the U.S. government. This covert affair began at the end of World War II, while the Allied forces, including scientific intelligence officers, searched for Nazi weapons arsenals. What they found was more than they expected. They had no idea how advanced and deadly some of the rocket technology, chemical weapons, or biological weaponry was. Once the arsenal was discovered, everyone wanted to get their hands on both the weapons and the mines behind it. The U.S., Britain, France, and the Soviet Union sought to enlist these high-level German scientific experts to develop their own technology for defense. In 1945, the Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency, a subcommittee established by the Joint Intelligence Committee of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, was tasked with finding German scientists, doctors, and engineers who were identified as intellectually vital to the Third Reich. Originally titled Operation Overcast, the project was at first only intended to interview the scientists, but somewhere along the lines, things changed. Now known as Operation Paperclip, The program's goal was to harness German intellectual resources to help develop America's arsenal of rockets and other biological and chemical weapons and, most importantly, to ensure that this information did not fall into Soviet hands during the Cold War. It got its name from the practice of paper-clipping the file of the weapons experts of interest. Sanctioned by then-President Harry Truman, he forbade the project from recruiting any Nazi members or active Nazi supporters. However, officials within the Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency and other departments did not listen. Instead, they continually eliminated or whitewashed incriminating evidence of possible war crimes from the scientists' records, believing their intelligence to be crucial to the country's post-war efforts. They called the men involved in Operation Paperclip the quote-unquote good Germans. The country was on the verge of the Cold War and needed technical advancements to beat the Soviets, so they felt the ends outweighed the means. Not all the men recruited were Nazi or SS officers, but the most prominent and valued among them were, having worked either directly with Hitler or other leading members of the Nazi party. The scientists were initially offered a one-year contract, and it was agreed that their families would be taken care of. 127 German scientists initially accepted the offer. The first seven rocket scientists began arriving in the U.S. during the fall of 1945. They were taken to Fort Bliss, Texas and White Sands Proving Grounds, New Mexico, for rocket testing as War Department Special Employees. One of the most
0: infamous Nazi scientists brought over was Warner Von Braun. Von Braun had served as the technical director at an army research center in Germany and was instrumental in developing the lethal V-2 rocket that devastated England during World War II. He was a former SS member who had visited Buchenwald concentration camp to personally handpick slave labor to help build his rockets. As Time Magazine stated, quote, Germany launched more than 3,000 missiles of his design against Britain and other countries, indiscriminately killing approximately 5,000 people, while as many as 20,000 concentration camp prisoners died assembling the weapons, end quote. Von Braun would later become the director of NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center, and the chief architect of the Saturn V launch vehicle, which would bring two dozen American astronauts to the moon. In addition, his team developed America's first ballistic missile. Von Braun was even awarded a National Medal of Science in 1977 and appeared on the cover of Time magazine. His connection to the Nazi party was not totally hidden by the United States government. Time noted in 1958 that to some, Von Braun's, quote, transfer of loyalty from Nazi Germany to the U.S. seemed to come too fast, too easy, end quote. Satirist Tom Lehrer also, mentioned him in a 1967 song singing quote once the rockets are up who cares where they come down that's not my department says Werner von braun end quote another notable nazi scientist brought into the united states was hubertus stronghold he worked with both nasa and the air force on space exploration and nuclear weapons According to Esquire magazine, during his time as a Nazi scientist, he took part in horrific war crimes, including overseeing torturous and often fatal experiments on detainees that involved locking them into pressure chambers and ice water tanks one of his fellow former nazis later stated that he could have intervened on behalf of the concentration camp victims had he chosen to because he was the head of the facility behind the experiments.
1: operation paperclip secretly went on as planned and the scientists and their families gained legal u.s residency ironically as the nazi scientists were hiding essentially in plain sight and working alongside government officials The U.S. Justice Department's Office of Special Investigations was hunting down top Nazi officers who had went into hiding after World War II. Even these agents did not know for decades of the extent to which government officials were collaborating with the men they were tracking down. The media exposed Operation Paperclip in 1946, which caused public outcry. Protests took place and many notable figures, including Eleanor Roosevelt and Albert Einstein, were opponents to the project and even spoke out on the dangers of including Nazis in the project. But like we said, the government and military led a propaganda campaign to suppress knowledge of the scientists' past and war crimes. In 2006, the Office of Special Investigations, the OSI, published an official record documenting Operation Paperclip after objections from the Justice Department came. The OSI was disbanded in 2010, but its research and the mirror it held up to America continues to shed light on Operation Paperclip in this shameful chapter in American history. Operation Paperclip recruited German scientists from 1945 to 1959. In total, an estimated 1,600 German men were involved in the program, and a majority of those men became U.S. citizens. Dell, what are your thoughts on Operation Paperclip?
0: I think that Operation Paperclip is one of the most disgusting examples of a country, specifically the United States, putting its own hubris and putting its own desire to destroy another country above basic human decency. At the end of the day, they were Nazis. And even if you have a thing where you're saying, well, don't recruit Nazis, you didn't ensure that the people would actually listen. You also have the people that work to basically erase the war crimes of people. And I find that to be one of the more disgusting elements in this case, because it's one thing to passively say like oh you know don't recruit nazis but then not really check into it there's a whole nother side of it where you actively make sure that people don't know of the horrendous things that these people did, which included the torture and murder of hundreds of thousands of people. The United States was not alone in making sure that prominent Nazis and prominent Nazi supporters were able to get away with the war crimes they committed. Although a lot of times Argentina gets a lot of flack, I think that other Western countries need to get flack as well their reasonings and logic is not sufficient the cold war and wanting to beat russia is not a good reason to work with nazis and it's not a good reason to essentially lie to the american people what do you think
1: i absolutely agree with everything you just said it's one thing to work with the nazis that's not good either in my opinion but the real issue i have is with how far this cover-up went How, we'll talk about it, literally history was rewritten in these people's files. And because of that, and we're going to talk about this more in a minute, a lot of people weren't tried for the crimes they committed because this evidence disappeared because of the U.S. government and the U.S. military. And it's disgusting, and it is very shameful. It's almost like we're kind of just told to deal with it now. Like, oh, this happened, and they accomplished really great things for us, so... What else can we do about it now? And we'll talk about the legacy and how people are really reflecting on that, but it's just so infuriating. And something I had read that I think makes a really good point is that America was partially created to be a safe place for people who are being persecuted to be- for these people to be protected. And in this instance, and I'm sure there's many others, the persecutors were protected. And it's just sickening. A lot of these men went on to live, like, long, wonderful lives, like, well into their 80s and their 90s. And- It's just infuriating is the only word I can really think of. It's so, it's disgusting. I don't know how people could really accept it. And I think this is a great example of why people view America negatively and how we're such a power hungry country that will stop at seemingly nothing to overpower other people in the name of democracy. How can we do that when we're working with Nazi war criminals that tortured people, had slave labor, hated a group of people for no good reason? It doesn't make any sense in my mind.
0: Operation Paperclip left a strained legacy on America as a whole, but particularly the scientific community. While many of the men who were brought to the United States under the program were crucial in scientific advancements, like the Apollo program, they were also supportive and responsible for some of the horrors experienced by the victims of the Holocaust. The United States government defended their use of Nazi scientists and war criminals by saying that national security was at risk. Again, the Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union was ramping up. This led to the space race and a technological rivalry between the two powers. There was a public outcry over the quote unquote importation of the Germans, but as the Cold War paranoia got worse, people seemingly cared less. Defenders of Operation Paperclip pointed out that the quote unquote balance of power could have moved to the Soviet Union during the Cold War if the Nazi scientists had not been brought to the United States. Not everyone in the United States Army was supportive of Operation Paperclip, though some viewed working with Nazis and war criminals during the Soviet threat as the lesser of two evils. Others, however, were happy to work with the men, even knowing of their violent past.
1: The U.S. government and military willfully covered up the past of the Nazi scientists and ignored President Truman's wishes. Opponents of Operation Paperclip point out the ethical cost of ignoring the Nazi scientists' abhorrent war crimes without punishment or accountability. Rather than be held accountable like other important figures in Nazi Germany, the scientists in Operation Paperclip were given new lives. Hundreds of Nazis were allowed to get away with their crimes, and some were even called American heroes, thanks to the U.S. government. NASA helped hide von Braun's past, the Pentagon helped rewrite history by literally erasing parts of the scientist's files like we mentioned, and many of people's pasts were just kept as classified information. Because of this suppression, it's difficult to find evidence or records of war crimes for certain Operation Paperclip participants. In 1946, the Society for the Prevention of World War III made a statement that read, quote, these German experts performed wonders for the German war effort. Can one forget their gas chambers, their skill in cremation, their meticulous methods used to extract gold from the teeth of their victims, their wizardry in looting and thieving, end quote. Some of the men brought over for Operation Paperclip actually did face trial at Nuremberg. Otto Ambrose, who co-discovered sarin gas and was personally awarded by Hitler for this, was convicted at Nuremberg of mass murder and slavery, but was granted clemency by the U.S. High Commissioner John McCloy and ultimately worked with the U.S. Department of Energy. Dr. Theodore Benzinger was on the initial list of people to be tried in Nuremberg at the doctor's trial, but was released into the custody of Harry Armstrong of the U.S. Army forces three weeks before the trial began. It's worth noting that when Benzinger died in 1999, the New York Times gave him a warm obituary and applauded his career with the U.S. Navy.
0: It's argued that some of the Nazis or SS members involved with Operation Paperclip were forced into their roles and could not argue with their leadership. Doing so would put their lives at risk. Others say maybe some of the men did not know of the genocide taking place. Von Braun acknowledged he had been a member of the Nazi party but claimed he had never been a true believer and had no choice. Author Michael Newfield claims Von Braun's membership in the SS was, quote, at least somewhat coerced, end quote. Newfield continued with, quote, he was not ideologically very interested in Nazi ideas, although he was happy to profit from his status as an Aryan aristocrat, end quote. In recent years, many scientists and journalists have reflected on the legacy of Operation Paperclip. Author Wayne Beidel says the reassessment of Von Braun's legacy, for example, may have more to do so with the fact that he was no longer use to the United States at a certain point, rather than more in information coming out about his crime. Stronghold had an award named in his honor by the Space Medicine Association that was given out annually from 1963 until it was retired in 2013. In 2006, the executive committee was asked to remove his name from the award. After a two-year investigation, the committee decided that there was no evidence of any atrocities and declined to remove his name. The award was eventually retired due to the controversy it created, which was distracting to the main work and goals of the Space Medicine Association.
1: Annie Jacobson, author of Operation Paperclip, the secret intelligence program that brought Nazi scientists to America, asked the question, Does Accomplishment Cancel Out Past Crimes? So Dell, what do you think of that? Are there no moral constraints to government programs deemed essential for national security? And do all means justify certain ends?
0: I do not care about what your accomplishments are after you have committed crimes and atrocities. It doesn't matter. I don't think that the ends justify the means whatsoever. I think that if you commit a crime and it turns out that you did some wonderful work, that work should end and you should be in jail. I don't think it's okay to say, well, I know you were a Nazi, but you helped us with our space program. What type of country are we to say that that's okay? That it was okay to be a Nazi? If you're saying that the ends justify the means, then what you are saying that it's okay to be a Nazi, as long as you were one of the smart ones as long as you were one of the scientists that's what you're saying basically and for me it's never okay to be a nazi it's never okay to be someone that commits war crimes it's never okay to be someone that harms other individuals irregardless of the intellect and the skill that you possess what do you think
1: yeah there's absolutely no way that accomplishments cancel out past crimes especially in this instance you know we can't take back that these men did accomplish things for the U.S. But what we can change is how we talk about it. For example, if you go on NASA's website, there is a biography of von Braun on there. The word Nazi is mentioned once and it is acknowledged that he was an SS member, but it's maybe two sentences in like a four paragraph biography. I don't understand why it's so hard for people and organizations and countries to just kind of swallow their pride and say, we thought this was acceptable then it's not okay now and here's why it just blows my mind how no one can just be honest and accept their mistakes and we've talked about this on the podcast before for the question of whether oh maybe these people didn't really know that's bullshit because these people were high-ranking Members of the Nazi party. There's no way they didn't know what was going on. And it's one thing, okay, maybe they couldn't, you know, at a certain point, you can't say, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. But some of these people still were ardent Nazis and were not afraid to share their views with people arthur rudolph i believe is one of them we didn't talk about him but annie jacobson talks about him in her book he was still an ardent nazi when he came to the u.s he didn't care i don't know if other people's behaviors changed but frankly i don't really care (laughs) because But what they did was so egregious, like you're saying, Del. And it does seem like there's no moral constraints for these government programs as long as the U.S. is going to accomplish something in the end and be better than some other country in the end. And yes, the Soviet Union was also taking these people in. That wasn't okay either. It wasn't okay for anyone involved to do it. It really is a stain on American history. And I think it's something that people need to learn more about. I don't know how many people really do know about Operation Paperclip and the war crimes that were involved these people weren't just like everyday like nazi officers or anything again they were high-ranking people that were responsible for the deaths of tons thousands literally thousands of people So we've talked about war crimes a lot during this discussion, but what exactly are war crimes? What are some examples? So according to the United Nations, a war crime is a serious breach of international law committed against civilians or quote-unquote enemy combatants during an international or domestic armed conflict. A war crime occurs when superfluous injury or unnecessary suffering is inflicted upon an enemy. The Hague Conventions in 1899 and 1907 focused on the prohibition of warring parties to use certain means and methods of warfare. Conversation grew following World War II. Prior to this, a lot of people just kind of thought war was like a violent, bad thing and that was just the gruesome aspects were just part of war. After World War II, a lot of people's mindsets changed. So according to the BBC, war crimes are defined by the Geneva Conventions and fall into three groups. The first group is crimes against peace. Examples
0: include the planning, preparation, initiation, or waging of a war of aggression, or a war in violation of international treaties, agreements, or assertions. The second group is war crimes. This includes murder, ill treatment, or deportation to slave labor, or for any other purpose of the civilian population in occupied territory. Killing of hostages, torture, or inhumane treatment, including biological experiments, wanton destruction of cities, towns, or villages, devastation not justified by military necessity. The third group are crimes against humanity. Examples include extermination, enslavement, deportation, mass systematic rape, and sexual enslavement in a time of war, Pers- persecution on political, racial, or religious grounds. Genocide is sometimes considered the fourth type of war crime and is in a category of its own. People are usually only tried for war crimes if their country loses the war. A victorious nation rarely tries its own people for war crimes. Now, most war crimes are punishable by death or long-term imprisonment and are handled by the International Criminal Court. That wraps up this week's case. Thank you for listening. Let us know in the comments what you think about Operation Paperclip. You can read more about this case and how to support us in the links below. We will be back next week with a brand new episode focused on Alexander Litvinenko. As always, stay safe.